streets or the empty desert in our hope and in our waiting we are never alone many of you know that God is with us? Amen. Come on. God is with us in this place today. And let me tell you, uh, Pastor Tim, he said that he loves Christmas. He loves Christmas music. He loves everything about it. Uh, we might have to have a talk about playing Christmas in June. I don't know about all that, but you know, uh, I love Christmas too. Christmas is a lot of fun. Uh, you get presents, right? It's the time of year where you get to gather with family that maybe you don't see very often. Uh, you celebrate a lot of things, too. We get, there's so many things to celebrate. The fact that we're here, the fact that we're alive, right? This is an amazing thing to celebrate, but we do a lot of fun things, too, over Christmas, right? What do you, you go look at some Christmas lights, the late night Christmas light trips, you know, 11 p.m. Sometimes you're out there looking at Christmas lights. Plum Creek has some great lights, too. If you've ever been through Plum Creek, make sure you go through it. They have awesome lights, and, and my family has been here. My, my grandparents moved to Kyle in 2000, my, my parents in 2007, uh, when I was in high school, and then uh, I went to Oklahoma for a few years, and then my parents moved into Plum Creek in 2013, 2012, and then we just moved in last year, actually. So it's so cool to be able to see kind of the growth and evolution of this town, the evolution of Hayes County and how it's been growing so fast. But one thing I've always loved is it's kind of that homey feel we have in Plum Creek and the Christmas lights and people are outside, you know, the gingerbread house that's around here. It's just a really cool, even attraction now. It's amazing. That's just one thing that you get to do during Christmas time. Some other things, right? We eat some great food. Come on. How many of y'all got some great food coming up this week? You know, it's going to be good because grandma is making it. Let me tell you, it's going to be delicious. You got a ham or a turkey or whatever it is that you do. Maybe you have a special tradition. We actually didn't really have a Christmas tradition. And so it was last year, right, that we finally decided we need to have a Christmas tradition. We didn't have any kind of food or anything like that. And so we were sitting around trying to figure out what we we're going to do with my family. And somehow we ended up on uh, <clears throat> meatball subs. Homemade by Lindsay, by the way. It's delicious. And, and chocolate chip cookies, but you have to eat the cookies before you eat the subs. I don't know why that is. I don't know how that happened, but I'm here for it. Let me tell you, I'm here for it. So, uh, but it's great. You got some football games coming on Christmas, you know, and then uh, you get to argue about politics with your extended family. So much fun. It's going to be great, guys. Looking forward to that. We get to open presents, hang out with the crazy aunts and uncles and all that stuff and enjoy all your different family traditions, whatever that might be. And, and you might be traveling uh, to family or they might be traveling to you and some of y'all might already be here in town. Uh, but today I want to talk about somebody that doesn't have to travel to go anywhere for you to see him, but he is always here and his name is Jesus. Come on, he is here with us today and that is really what we are here to celebrate is Jesus Christ, him coming uh, down to earth to be one of us, to be like us. And you know the nativity scene, right? He's, he's born as a baby and grows up. He ends up dying on a cross for you and for me. There's so much that goes into that. But what I wanna do today is go ahead and crack open our Bibles and it'll be on the screen, but it's Matthew 1, 18 through 23. Matthew 1, 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The title of the message today is God with us, three times that God is with you. So if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to do that today. It's going to be a good one. It's one that you definitely would want to take notes on. God with us, three times that God is with you. You're going to want to remind yourself of these three times. But we're going to get into the first one straight away. The first time that God is with you, it's God with us on the mountain. God with us on the mountain. Now, Mountains play a huge role in the Bible. If you've ever looked through the Bible, you might not have thought of it, but as you're sitting here right now and you're thinking about, oh, there are actually a bunch of mountains in the Bible. Yes, there are. And there's a ton of mountains in the Middle East, which is where pretty much all of that takes place, uh, that do play a huge role. Whether it's Mount Ararat, which is where Noah's Ark ends up landing on after the 40 days and 40 nights of flooding. Whether it's Mount Sinai, which is where Moses actually goes up and meets with God and gets the Ten Commandments. It's an amazing, amazing scene. Maybe it's Mount Carmel, which is where hot fudge sundaes were given to the Israelites when they were hungry and needed something. No, no, that's not Mount Carmel. That's a different one, okay? But no, that's where Elijah actually calls down fire from heaven, and God responds and consumes the offering that was there, and then all the prophets of the other false gods were destroyed in that moment. And in the Mount of Olives, it's a lot of food ones here, Jesus prayed over Jerusalem there. And that's actually where he ascended to heaven. And there's actually some prophecies that, that will uh, play into the Mount of Olives that are to come that still haven't even happened yet today. But I have my own experience with a mountain that I want to let you guys know about today because I'm the guy with the mic and I can do that. So I'm going to tell you about my experience with a mountain. Uh, I went on a missions trip one time. I was 18 years old, uh, just fresh into Bible college. And for some reason, the people in the higher-ups decided that I would be the guy to lead a trip of 10 people to Nepal, which is where it's in between China and India, if you don't know where that is. It is legitimately the exact opposite side of the world from where we are right now. Like from Texas, Nepal, if you draw a straight line, that is where Nepal is. Um, it took forever to get there. We stopped in London and had a great time there, and we went all the way to Nepal. Um, but but we, we did a lot of things when we got there. We were there for four and a half weeks, but the first week and a half, or actually the first like four or five days was more about learning the culture. We learned a little bit of the language. They wanted to actually help teach us a little bit before we started trekking through the Himalayan mountains and with big old backpacks. I mean, we had the whole nine yards, okay? We trekked through the mountains and went to different villages. And the way that we would get to tell people about Jesus is we, we taught in the schools. So we would teach English in the schools. All the kids wanted me to play Justin Bieber songs all the time because I had my little mini guitar with me. And so we'd be playing some Justin Bieber and then the kids would love us and be like, hey, Jesus, there you go, right? It's perfect in there. So Justin Bieber, if you're listening, thank you, sir, for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> Spreading the gospel in Nepal. So... Um, but you know, on a mission trip, it was a lot of fun. We trekked about eight to 10 miles every other day. We'd stay for a day and a half or two days and we'd teach a little bit, talk to him about Jesus, play soccer with him and all that. Uh, but then what we would do is we said, you know what? We, we had been in Kathmandu. We had been through the mountains and we stopped in this city called Poker, which is actually a bigger city. We were there for a little bit and we wanted to have some fun. Okay. Because if you go on a mission trip, yes, it's about Jesus. Yes. It's about helping other people. But I said, you know what? Let's have a good time while we're here and do something crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so everybody decided that we were going to go 
paragliding. Yes, that is correct. Paragliding. I have a picture of us standing outside of the paragliding uh, place that looked very sketchy. That is skinny Trevor on the right, 18-year-old Trevor in the purple shirt. Very obvious from flying above when you see me paragliding. So, um, but no, it was. It, we 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 decided to go paragliding. And we get in this sketchy van, okay? And there's this van, and I got one of this too. Okay, so see, this girl right here, her name's Rachel. You see her that's kind of getting out of the, the van? You see how scared she looks? That's because we had just gone up the craziest trail. It's not even a road. It is a trail. Not even a path, a trail, okay? It's very small. And we went up this, and people in Nepal drive crazily. Like, they're honking at each other all the time. They're, we were in a taxi one time, and they scraped the cars, and they just looked out and like, hey! And then they just like kept going. And I was like, what? <laughs> you just keep driving? Like you didn't even say words. Like you just yelled and just kept driving. That was incredible. You didn't even care. And so, uh, but, but we, you know, and especially when you look off to the side, when you're about this close to, to the van falling off of this cliff, and then you're about to strap on a parachute, you know, it's not really the greatest way to start this kind of a trip, okay? So anyway, uh, we get in the sketchy van, we get up to the top, and then uh, I'm gonna show you a picture of the beautiful hills that they call it, okay? These are the hills of Nepal, all right? I say hills because these are only a couple thousand feet high, only a couple thousand feet, okay? Because they have the Himalayan mountains. Mount Everest is right around the corner from us, and you know, it's 30,000 feet. So if it's not above 15,000 feet, these people call it a hill. By all standards, that is a mountain for us Texas people, okay? These are mountains that we are seeing here. Um, and they're actually beautiful. And so uh, what they end up doing is they have these, uh, they have these parachutes that they lay on the side of this kind of like 45 degree angle. I think you can see a picture or two there. There's a parachute just kind of laying on the side there. There's one, it kind of shows you that. And I think there's even another one too that shows you, yeah. So that's kind of what it looks like there. And what you do is you have a guide, very much like when you go skydiving, you have somebody that's on your back, you're not going solo. Uh, and so they know how to do all the instruments and everything. And so it finally became my turn. You know, I had a few guys that went before me and I wasn't really that scared to be honest. I don't know why. Normally I get, I'm really afraid of heights. So I feel like this would be the time for me to be terrified, okay? But it doesn't really look that scary when you're there. It's only scary once you finally are off, but then it's like too late. So, um, so it was my turn to get up. And, and you might see me in this next picture. I think it's a vertical one. You might be able to see me a little bit. Okay, there's me giving a thumbs up. And what they do is they strap uh, a person behind you and he kind of gives you uh, the instructions. And this is what the, this man said to me. Uh, he's a Nepali man and he says, all right, I tell you, walk, walk, walk. And you walk, walk, walk. Then I say, run, 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 and you run. And I was like, okay. And he said, walk, walk, walk. I was like, oh, now? Oh, okay, all right, walk, walk, walk. And I start walking down the mountain. You'll see me start walking down the mountain here. Okay, there's me walking. And the next one, he says, run, run, run. And so I start running. And then it's at that point right there that now I am six foot three, 18 year old Trevor. And there is a small Nepali man strapped to my back. This dude is about five, six. And it's at that point where I pick this man up on my back. He's the parachute's already picking him up. I mean, he's already going like this, and the wind catches this, you know, going up behind him. This dude is already starting to go like this, and I run for about another 10 steps because my feet will come off the ground, you know. Pick this dude up, and then finally we're just like, I just you start floating into the air, and then you see a picture of me there, you finally go, and then maybe even another one, I think, of me kind of out there. That's really cool. So, you know, we're way up in the air, and what they do is they have these instruments where they can tell where the, uh, where the heat is, and so they actually just ride, just like birds. You know, you see birds that will fly in circles, and they'll fly up and up and up and up, and they just, they're riding the heat all the way up. They're riding the wind up to the top. 
And so that's what they do. They have these instruments that tell where those little funnels are. They go all the way up. I'm not a meteorologist. Don't know how it works exactly. That's why I trusted the guide. So, <laughs> uh, but we went so, so high and it was a lot of fun. And then actually, um, after that, we ended up doing something even crazier, which is we got in a very small airplane, okay? And we decided we wanted to go see Mount Everest. And they do these little tours. And so we got in this airplane, very small, very sketch, would not recommend it, okay? Uh, and then we end up going, flying above the clouds. And as we're above the clouds, uh, for probably about 10 minutes, you don't really see anything. You know, you get above the clouds, it's just, you know, it's clouds, little cotton, and then space. And after about 10 minutes, you start flying, and you start to see mountains popping up through the clouds. And that is a real picture that my buddy took from the cockpit of that plane. They bring you into the, into the cockpit so that you can take a few pictures and you can see kind of out and see all the mountains there for just a second. Uh, it's a real picture that my friend took while we were in Nepal. It's just absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And because of the perception of heaven being above us, right? Heaven is, is above, and we have this idea of God being kind of in the clouds. For thousands of years, it's been like that. We've just kind of had this idea that God is above us. He's, 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 he's wherever you're at on the globe, right? He's up, okay? So um, we've had this for our whole existence, and mountains have always been, because of that, a, a place of a sense of spirituality, right? They've been a place of enlightenment or maybe even victory, and when you climb one, you have a sense of accomplishment. You might have a sense of conquering. You might have a sense of awe. And some of you are like, when I look at a mountain, I just say, absolutely not. Not even coming close, right? But for some of you that have been on top of a mountain, maybe, maybe into the Grand Canyon before, and you've looked out and you've just seen, wow, this is, this is gorgeous. This is amazing. And you kind of have this idea of, look what God made. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place. But we all work to get to the mountains and the mountaintops in our lives, Right? We want to be at the top of our class. Students that might be here today, if you're in high school or college, you work to get to the top of your class. You work hard because you want to be recognized for that and you want to get good grades. That's what you want to do. You work to get the promotion in the company that you've been working for for a while. You want to move up, not down, right? You want to be at the top of the company. You want to have a successful marriage. You want to have great kids. But why do we like to be on the mountaintops? And I think it's pretty easy to understand because it's awesome, because it's great. Well, who wouldn't want all those things? Who wouldn't want to be at the top of your company, have the greatest marriage, have the best kids, uh, get the promotion, be at the top of your class, whatever it is that you're looking for in your life. It's awesome to be on the mountaintop. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You mean to tell me you wouldn't like those things? Of course you would. Of course you would. We all would. Because when we get there, we feel great. We feel awesome. And you look at everybody else that's maybe down in a valley and dealing with problems or issues and maybe uh, isn't at the same level and, and having problems in their lives. And you look down and sometimes we're being honest, you might just say something like, thank God that that's not me. Thank God that I'm where I'm at in my life. If we're being real, sometimes we have those kinds of thoughts. And and it's easy to believe that God is with you when you're on the mountaintop. You know what I'm talking about? When your life is going great, when life is going good, and everything about your life is just perfect, it's, it's fine and dandy. Come on, it's easy to believe that God is with me in this moment. You got a new job. That's great. God is with me. Thank you, Jesus, for providing this place. The kids have slept through the night for the first time. Thank you, Jesus. You're with me. I know that you are right now. You're with my child right now. Praise God. They're not a demon, okay? The Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl championship in 2022. God is really with us. He is alive and well, right? We praise him. We're on the mountaintops. Come on, somebody. But when everything's going your way, it's not hard to praise God. I mean, it's, it's easy to believe that he's with you. 
Thank you for my blessings. God, thank you for providing for my family. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Come on, Christian jokes there anyway. But I've had some mountaintops in my life, and I know that you have too. And to be honest, that trip to Nepal was one of them. I felt like I was so close to God in that moment. I mean, how could you not, right? Trekking through these villages and preaching the gospel and getting to do all these fun things. And I had such a great college life with friends and my ministry was growing. I was leading worship at different places, different churches, getting opportunities and things like that. And I was literally on top of the world. I mean, that's as, as high as you can get on the world. But right after that trip, I got into a bad relationship. And then less than two years later, I was in the darkest season of my life. Just two years later, depressed, broken, questioning my calling as a pastor and as a leader and as a man and wondering where God was. God, where are you? I thought we were good. We had, we had so many good things going and, and now a few bad choices and a few bad decisions and I just feel like I don't know where you are anymore. I don't know who I am anymore. It's easy to know that God is with you on the mountain, but it's a lot more difficult when you're in the valley, right? It's a lot more difficult. It's harder to see down there. When you get some bad news, you get a diagnosis that you didn't want to hear, and maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you're feeling scared or hurt. Somebody did something to you that you've been holding on to or something that's just really, really cut deep. Sometimes depression, anxiety, worry, doubts seep in, and addiction or sin or whatever it is that you deal with in your life, whatever it is that you've gone through in your life, you know what I'm talking about. We've all been in a valley before and you know how it feels. It's not fun. But let me encourage you today that the same God that is the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Can I get an amen today? That God is with you in the valley the same way that he's with you in the mountaintop. And you can trust him to be faithful the same way that he's faithful on the mountaintop. He's going to be faithful in the valley to you. Come on, God is with us in the valley. That's the second place and the second time that God is with you. He's with us in the valley. And I think the best way to describe this is through Psalm 23. It's a short one. So I'm going to read the whole thing to you. You've probably heard it before. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Oklahoma State fans, hello, still water, baby. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Somebody say, with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow, that's amazing. What an amazing psalm. Now, David's writing this psalm, and for many, many years, David was surrounded by enemies, surrounded by them all the time, constantly on the run from people who he thought were supposed to love him, but they ended up trying to kill him. Now, I don't know about you, sounds like a little bit of a valley to me. Dude's trying to cut my head off and all my friends and family trying to kill me. Not really cool, okay? So David is really upset, but then he says something that's really important here that I think we can get something from today in our lives. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. But then he says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, what does that mean right there? In the presence of my enemies, you're preparing a table for me. Many times when we're struggling, 
and we're in the valleys of life, we pray something like, God, will you get me out of here? God, will you help me escape from this valley in my life? God, will you help me? I need out. This is awful. I can't do this anymore. This, this, this season in my life, it just needs to end. I can't do this. I need your help. And then we wait and then we expect God, you know, to come down like Captain Kirk and give us like a Star Trek transport out of there. You know what I'm talking about? God, just lift us up, Lord, then right up onto the mountain. Drop me right there, Lord, on the mountain. Yes, right there on the mountaintop. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Lord. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Dap me up. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you want to do with the Lord. That's not how it works. That's not how it works most of the time. David's not praying, Lord, will you just get me out of this right here, right now? He doesn't pray that way. He says, even when there is evil coming against me, even when I have enemies all around me, I know that you are with me. And then David doesn't try to pray away the struggles. He prays right through them. He prays right through them. Let me tell you today, you don't need a way out of your valley. You need a way through it. Amen. It's a good thing that we serve a God who makes a way. Amen. Does somebody believe that today? Can I get an amen in the place? God makes a way. When Moses needed a way out of Egypt, what did God do? He parted the Red Sea. When Peter was in prison and he needed a way out, God flung open the doors of the prison and Peter was out. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, God shut the mouths of the lions right on him. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, you know who was standing right next to him? Jesus Christ was standing right next to him in the middle of the fire. And when you're walking through the fire and through the valley of your life, whatever that looks like for you, you can be sure that God is with you because he is a God who makes a way Come on, can we give some praise to God in this place for making a way in our lives? The problem is Jesus said, I am the way, but you're trying to do it your own way. That's what we always mess up in. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet we say, I can figure out my own way. I have my own truth. And God, this is my life. Don't mess with it. And so often we think we can handle life's challenges, right? We, we think of ourselves pretty highly. And when you get that diagnosis, when you get that bad news, when you get into that valley, your marriage is falling apart maybe, or you're drowning in debt, dealing with anxiety, depression, a lack of purpose, or whatever that thing is for you in your life, you think that you can handle it. Well, let me encourage you with this one thing today. It's always better to be in the valley with Jesus than to be on the mountain without him. It's always better to be in the valley with Jesus, to be on the mountaintop without him. He will walk you right through it if you'd let him. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I love this quote. The Lord will make a way for you where no foot has gone before. That which like a sea threatens to drown you will be a highway for your escape. Isn't that amazing? When, when you read that, the first thing what comes to your mind, Moses, right? Moses and in the Red Sea, and you got to imagine Moses walking up with hundreds of thousands of Hebrew people behind him that he just led out of captivity and slavery, and they're all looking to Moses like, yo, what do we do? There's a sea here, okay? Like, we ain't going to walk across this thing. And then Moses prays, he throws a staff, you know the whole thing, he lifts it up, bam, water parts, you know the story. And the water starts to part, and, and in any normal circumstance, if you tried to go across that water, what would happen? you would drown. There's no way you'd be able to make it across. You could maybe swim for a little bit, but you're not going to make it the whole way. 
But God made a way for Moses and the Israelites, Moses and the Hebrew people to get through. And the thing that normally would kill you is actually the thing that ended up being the highway for their escape. And they walked right through the valley into their destiny. Amen. And then when the evil that was behind them, that was chasing them, tried to come back, you know what happened? The evil starts to try to ride that same highway and God shuts it right up on top of them and it killed every single one of them. That's because God makes a way. The sea that threatens to drown you could be a highway for your escape. God's going to make a way through it. And the last one that I have for you here today is God with us always. God is with you always. That is the third time he's with you. He's with you in the mountain. He's with you in the valley. But he's also with you always. Maybe, have you ever been called a name that you feel like you had to live up to? Like you have some kind of a name or whatever, you just kind of feel like, I need to live up to this name, or it might not be a family name necessarily. It could be uh, smart. Has anybody ever called you smart? And you feel like you have to live up to that, okay? So you're in school, everybody knows you're the smart one, everybody knows you get the good grades, okay? And so uh, they see the teachers, you know, walking by and just handing the papers. Here you go, good job, Johnny, good job. Yes, 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 Jessica, good job, good job, good job. And she comes and hands off the paper to Trevor, and it has a B minus. And everybody's like, oh, yikes. <laughs> because, you know, normally it's like if you're the smart one, it's like, oh, okay, well, they always get A+. Plus. They always get a 95. They always get this. And now they got a B-. Minus. It's like everybody else, that would be totally cool. But because the person that was supposed to be smart, whoever that is, gets the B-, minus, it's like, oh, well, they're not living up to their smartness today. Okay. But maybe somebody's called you athletic before. If you're athletic, you played sports. And you know that you're the guy or the gal that always takes the final shot. Let's say you play basketball. You know when it comes down to five seconds left on the clock, you got to inbound it and you got to get that final shot off. The ball is in your hands because you are athletic and everyone knows it. But the problem is, is when you have the ball in your hands, they expect that you're going to what? Make the shot. That's the reason why they give it to you. So if you make the shot, it's like, well, yeah, we expected that. Like, great job. This is why we gave you the ball. But if you miss, it's a big deal. It's like, yo, dude, like you're the one that's supposed to make. That's why we gave it to you. And now it's a big problem that you missed and you feel like you didn't live up to the name that you have been given. Maybe you do have a family name. Maybe you have a family name that came with some kind of expectation. You know, I know a few guys uh, right now, there are a lot of sports analogies today, guys. If you come to Radical Church, you get a lot of sports around here. It's just how it works, all right? But LeBron James' son, his name is Bronny, okay? He's a highly sought-after basketball recruit. And from the day he was born, you know that people were expecting Bronny James to be good at basketball, okay? It's just, it comes with his name. His dad is LeBron, one of the greatest of all times, and it's simply because of the name that he carries. There's another kid. His name is Arch Manning. You might know the name. He's a young quarterback, and he's following the footsteps of his uncles, Eli and Peyton Manning, another one of the greatest of all time, and their father before them. Now, both of these young men might have a ton of pressure on them to live up to the names that they had been given, the names that they carry everywhere they go. And Jesus, don't know if you know this, he was given a pretty big name too. His name was Emmanuel. Is to be called Emmanuel, God with us. Now that is a massive name to live up to, right? God with us. If that was your name, you'd be like, oh Lord, I got a lot of stuff to do, okay? Like this is a big name to live up to. That's like a Miley Cyrus kind of name. You know what I'm talking about? Too much pressure, man, I'm nervous. That's exactly, that's how I would feel in that situation. The book of Matthew begins by calling Jesus Emmanuel, 
But it ends with Jesus reaffirming that name himself in a different way. He doesn't actually say, I am Emmanuel, but he does reaffirm that name right before he leaves. Matthew 20, 18 through 20. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Somebody say always. always. To the very end of the age. Always. Listen, you might feel like you have to live up to a family name and you maybe haven't been living up to it thus far. Maybe there's a label that somebody put on you or a label that you've put on yourself. You feel like you haven't been living up to that one or maybe you have, you know, and these young athletes, right? Brawny and Arch, they got big names, right? And they might end up living up to those names. In fact, they probably will. They got great dads for coaches, but they might also fail. But if there's one person that has been given a name, that we can count on to exceed every expectation, to silence every doubter, to live up to the exact name that he was given. Let me tell you who that person is today. His name is Jesus Christ, amen? He will live up to every expectation. He will live up to the name Emmanuel, God with us because God is not a liar. God is faithful. He tells the truth only. And when he has a name, let me tell you, he's gonna live up to that name. You might fail. I might fail. We might have hills and valleys and all these kinds of things. But let me tell you, there is never a battle that God doesn't win. And there's never a name that he's been given that he doesn't live up to. Whether it's Prince of Peace, whether it's Lord of Lords, whether it's Jehovah Jireh, your provider, whether it's Emmanuel, God with us. Let me tell you, there's all kinds of names that God has been given. We just sang a few of them earlier today. Even in our Christmas music, we sing so many names of God. Do we believe that he's going to live up to those names? One of them just so happens to be Emmanuel, God with us. We see it right there in the Christmas story. He fulfilled his purpose on earth by dying for our sins. And when he promised that he'd be with us always, he meant it. He meant it. I will never leave you, God said. I will never forsake you. And the beauty of this is God with us didn't just mean while he was here on earth. Because while he did die on a cross and he was buried in a tomb, we believe on the third day he rose again, right? And he ascended back into heaven. The best part about that is, is that he is still alive today. And the name that he carried back then, he still carries today. And Jesus is alive and he is with you and he is with me right now in this place. Come on, I think we can give better praise than that. Come on. He is with us always, always, always. Not while he's here, not while... You're on the mountaintop. I'm telling you, when you're going through the valley of life, he is still there with you. There is no place you can run away from God. God is with you. In fact, it says that in Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What does this tell me and what should this tell you here today? It means that you are never too far gone for Jesus to reach you. 
Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter who you think you are, you are never too far gone. You may hate God right now because someone you love passed away and they're not with you this Christmas. You might hate him for all kinds of reasons. You might not believe in God for any reason. You might be going through a breakup, feeling alone, he's still with you. You might be sick right now, he's with you. Are you afraid? it's going to be all right because he's with you. Are you on top of the world? He's with you. Even if you're living a life far from God, stuck in your sin, whatever it looks like, you can be assured that he is with you. God with us. Emmanuel. Amen. Would you stand up in this place today? There's, there's these hills and valleys, right? And we talked about that. You kind of go up and down. That's just how life is. We have seasons where we feel like we are in the valley like David might have been. And we have seasons where we feel like we're on the mountaintop and life is great. And there's people represented here and there's all different places on that scale that people are here today. You might feel like, man, life is good. Got that J-O-B. Got that girl. Got that boy. Feeling good. Kids are doing great. Finances are awesome, whatever. I feel like I have purpose. I have mission. I have all these things. Life is awesome. You might be feeling like that today. But there's probably some people that are in the complete opposite scenario. Complete opposite. I'm alone. I'm hurting. Some stuff has happened in my life. It's awful. I don't have the job. I got, I got laid off. My kids are going through some stuff. My marriage is going through some stuff. I'm, I'm going through some stuff. I got sin in my life or I got some addictions I need to deal with and some things that are really messing with me. And then for the most part, there's a lot of you that are probably just somewhere kind of in between, right? Somewhere on that scale of hills and valleys. But if I can encourage you with anything here today and what this message is all about, one of the names that Jesus has given right before he's even born, right? is Emmanuel, God with us. And I wanted to focus on that name of Jesus here today during this Christmas season to simply remind somebody here today that no matter where you're at on that scale, no matter if you're in a hill in a valley, God is with you and he's for you. He's not against you. And if you put your faith and your trust in him, he's gonna fight your battles alongside of you. And if you feel in a valley right now, if you would say yes to God right here, right now, whether you're rededicating your life to him or whether you've never given your life to Jesus before, you don't even know what that means, but all it means is that you're simply believing that Jesus came as a baby, right? He lived as one of us, fully God, fully man. He was the perfect sinless offering who ended up dying on a cross, did nothing wrong, but was killed because he had to, because he knew that he had to die for us to pay for our sins, to pay for the debt of our sin so that we can have a right relationship with God. That's what we're saying yes to in this place today. And you know what comes along with that? Hope, peace, joy, salvation, all of these things that we strive after that we think are just on the mountaintop. It's just right up there. If I could just reach that, the hope and the peace and the joy, it's up there and I'm just down here and it, why is it? No, 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 it's not up there. It's right next to you. Because he's right here with you. Stop looking up in the mountaintop like that's the solution and start holding the hand of the man that's right next to you and his name is Jesus. 
Some of y'all need to give your life to him today. Some of y'all need to rededicate your life to him today. I don't care if you followed him for 40 years and you're like, man, you know what? I've gone away. I need to give my life back to God. doesn't matter. This is your first time in church before. Maybe today's your day. And we'll walk with you in this process. I know there might be a lot of questions, but that's the core of it. Just know that God is with you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to provide that opportunity for you today. I hope you feel that the Lord is in this place, that he's with you. I want to give you the chance to say yes. If that's you in this place, you say, hey, you know what, Pastor Trevor, I have been living far from God or I need to give my life back to him and this is just something I know I need to do. On the count of three, I'd love for you to just raise your hand and look up at me so I know that you're there. I just want to acknowledge you for a second and then I'll pray for every single person. We'll all pray together. But if that's you, just say yes to Jesus right now. Let me tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. One, two, three. Is that you in this place today? You say, I want to say yes to Jesus. Come on, I see you, bro. I see you there. I see you there. Is there anybody? I see you right there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I see you at the back. What's going on? Yes. Is there anybody else? Come on. Raise your hand. If, you, if I haven't looked at you yet, raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anybody else? That's at least four or five right there. Anybody else? Come on. Hey, let's pray all together right now in this place. Because for those of you that have given your life to Jesus, you know that God is with you already. So this will be an easy prayer for you to pray. And let's encourage those people that are praying together to accept Jesus, maybe for the first time. Come on, let's say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your name. Emmanuel, God with us. I believe that you are here with me right now. Whether I'm on the mountain or whether I'm in the valley, I believe you're there. I hold on to you now. I give my life to you. I thank you for dying for me so that I could have life. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Say amen. Can you give it up for those four or five people today saying yes to Jesus? Come on. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey. It says in the Bible that anytime somebody gives their lives to Jesus, that there is a partay in heaven, okay? And so that's what we like to do at Radical Church. That's why we clap. That's why we cheer. That's why we celebrate is because, listen, I believe that your life is going to be forever, forever changed because of that decision you just made. As you go throughout this Christmas season, wherever it is you go, I just want to remind you that God is with you. And, and I want to just do a couple of more things before we leave here today. I got to remind you of a few things. We're going to have a Christmas Eve's Eve service. It's a candlelight service. We're going to serve communion together. Okay, it's going to be amazing. You know, the candles, not real candles, fake candles, because the school won't let us have real candles. They ain't trying to burn down the place, okay? Ain't got insurance for that. But we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to read through the Christmas story, do some acoustic worship, and just have a lot of fun together. I'd highly encourage you to come back. You can get info for that online. It's December 23rd, okay, at 5 and 7 p.m. It'll be a little bit smaller. We did two services, so we have a little bit of a smaller time together. And I encourage you, every single person, please come back to that. You are absolutely going to love it. We don't have service 
this Sunday, okay? We're not gonna have service this Sunday. Why? Because it's the 26th and you're probably gonna be driving back. You're gonna be with your family, all that. But we will have an online experience for you. We're gonna be filming that tomorrow. We wanna have something for you. We'll sing a couple more Christmas songs, okay? We'll have a little bit of worship. I'll have a word about resting, a word about the Sabbath on the 26th, which I feel like is very fitting for that. Uh, and so please join us there if you can. If you just gave your life to Jesus, okay? Or if you've given your life to Jesus in the last couple of months, I wanna encourage you to sign up for our baptisms, okay? Baptisms are coming up on January 2nd. Baptism Sunday, y'all, is crazy, okay? It is nuts. It's one of the best things that we do. We have so many people to get baptized outside. It's gonna be like the polar plunge out there, y'all. It's gonna be crazy. We're gonna get out there in our little trough. It's gonna be so cold, all right? Uh, but let me tell you, it is a, an outward expression of the inward change, of the inward decision you've made to follow Jesus. So you can go online and sign up for that too. Uh, we have have child dedications on January 16th. All this stuff too is on the Church Center app. So if you don't have the Church Center app, make sure you get the app because you can sign up for all that stuff there. Uh, the last thing I want to do before we give away that switch, y'all, did you forget about it? I didn't. I promise. Some of y'all are like, no, I did not forget about it. I'd like to win this switch. Okay. The last thing I want to say is thank you to everybody that gave to our miracle offering. Uh, miracle offering is an offering that we're going to take up every December. We did it on December 5th, but we've kept it open and we will until December 31st. It is an offering that is going to so many different partners out there. Let me tell you, uh, we're feeding children all around the world. We're helping orphans right next door. We're helping uh, families get food and clothes right here in Hayes County with this money. Uh, so far, we've raised... Uh, not going to tell you because I'm telling you on January 2nd on Baptism Sunday after we've had uh, all the time on December 31st. I'm not going to tell you, but you can still get to that. I highly encourage you to do that. You can do that at the back or online. And then the last thing I have for you today is the Switch giveaway. Who's ready for that? Come on. You guys excited? Come on. Somebody said, hey, okay, 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 okay. I know y'all been looking at it over here this whole time. I know you've been seeing it. You've been worshiping and got one eye on that switch over there, okay? All right, this is a Nintendo Switch. We got the, what, what kind of version is this? I can't remember, the Animal Crossing Special Edition version. Okay, someone's very excited. They would like to win this, okay? Um, uh, and I, I, earlier before service, I kid you not, I literally did the, 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 scroll and, the scroll and tap, okay? I did that, and I got three names, and I'm gonna do them in order that I tapped them, okay? And if you're here, you're here. If you ain't, you don't get it, okay? I know the second person is here, so if the first person isn't, then that's gonna be really upsetting, okay? The first name that I picked was not Michelle Garner, I'm so sorry, okay? <laughs> I know, it's so exciting. It was Sherry Pratt. Is there a Sherry Pratt here? Yes, no, maybe so, no. What's up? That's your grandma? Is she here though? Ooh, but I love you guys. Should I give it to them? Rocky and Bobby, why don't y'all come on up here? These are some of our rad youth students. Come on up here. You better be lucky that you guys are so cool. Come here. Bobby and Rocky, why don't you go ahead and take this. All right, let's get a picture here. Come on over here. Come on over here. Let me get a picture with you guys. Ready? All right, all right. One, two, three. Hey, 
That's awesome because every single Wednesday night, uh, they're at youth and they play the Switch at Rachel and Udi's house, which is where we have youth, and they are always playing Mario Kart on that Switch. So I'm glad you guys won it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, thank y'all so much for being here today. Listen, we got pictures with somebody. I think he's right around the corner. Uh, is he around here? I'd like to introduce somebody that's really important in this area. His name is Santa Claus. Hey! Santa, I know you. I know him. Hey, take your pictures with Santa and your family. Uh, God bless you guys. We love you so much. We'll see you not next week, but our next service in person is December 23rd. And then we'll see you at the new year. God bless you and Merry Christmas.